Welcome to the Collecting Inside podcast. I'm Lori. And I'm Sarah. And we're here to share our exploration into being human. Inspired by coffee meetups, we dive into topics that confound, mystify, and inspire us, leading to a space where we can better understand and enjoy this precious life. Our perspectives are definitely distinct, but it's the intersection between them that our most amazing conversations and insights erupt. We are so excited you're here. Let's get started. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Welcome to the Collecting Insight Podcast. We are here. We're so happy to be here. Taping our inaugural episode after months of thinking about and working on this. We thought that we would start this episode by telling a little bit about ourselves for those of you who don't know us. So my name is Sarah Byers and I am 51 years old and I have been married for 20 years to an amazing husband, Kelly. And we have a beautiful 18-year-old daughter who is in her first year of college. So we're in a space of transition ourselves. We're sort of rediscovering ourselves as a unit and as individuals. It's definitely a bittersweet time. And I know, Lori, you've been through this, but it's an exciting time too. It sure is. And so I have spent most of my professional life in business. And I was most recently the CEO of my family's business for 20 years. So we have pizza restaurants in Vermont and Maine. And through business ownership, I had the opportunity to be involved in the community in a variety of ways. And I led multiple nonprofit and corporate boards, which was amazing, and had the opportunity to serve on multiple state initiatives, ranging from capital debt affordability to healthcare financing to the opioid crisis. And that was one of the things that I loved the most about business, actually, was how business can really catalyze good work in the community. And I often say, and Lori, I know you don't like it when I say this, but I'm going to say it. I often say that I was a specialist in nothing except for pizza. I mean, but I wasn't, you know, I... But I... Jack of all trades is more like it, Sarah. (laughs) But I really... I loved being involved in so many varied things. So healthcare, the arts, social services, public policy, business, because what I loved was finding the connection between all of those things. So that's sort of what really fed my soul during those years. And as I look back, I led a really full and busy life and It's not over yet. It's not over. (laughs) But I will say that at that moment, I was running myself ragged. And I don't think I even knew that I was. Um, I was trying to be a super mom, a super business owner, super friend, super board member, super everything. All things to all people. Yes, I was. And I just was going really fast. And nothing was really satisfying. It was, I'd sort of achieved something and then it was the next and then more and more and more. And it all kind of came to a head in 2021, which I think it did for a lot of us during COVID. And I pretty quickly decided to take a step away from the day-to-day operation of our business. And in doing so, found space that I'd never found before. And I was really uncomfortable. I was lost. It was a really tough time for me initially. 
And then I began to find parts of myself that I really hadn't paid attention to in a long time. What made it tough? My identity was wrapped up in achievement and being more to more people. And so when, although I still, you know, serve on boards and I'm still a mom and I'm still, I slowed down. So I wasn't constantly going. So it's like, what do you do with that empty space? That empty space means we have to look at ourselves. So that's a good question, but that's what it was. And I, at a few months before that, my stepfather had passed away and I had a profound experience that I'm sure we will discuss at some point in the future that opened me up to a world that I'd never seen. And I became Reiki certified. And so I started to work with and feel energy. I became certified in reading the Akashic Records. And then I also started receiving poetry in the middle of the night. And I say receiving because I often don't remember it when I look at my bedside notebook in the morning, but I have received almost 2,000 poems. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? When you say receiving poetry in the middle of the night, so you, as I understand it, would wake up in the morning and there would be your handwriting and you didn't remember. And I think you also mentioned to me at one point, you're using words that you didn't even knew that you knew. Yeah. I mean, I do not say hearken on a regular basis. (laughs) I mean, and those of you who do, I think it's amazingly cool, but I, I did not, but yes, that's initially, that's what struck me the most was that I, it, there were words and I, and, and a voice even that wasn't entirely my own or belonged to a part of myself that I hadn't yet discovered. And the words provided so much guidance and support to me over the last two years. Like it's, they've really helped expand me in so many different ways. And so I post daily, as you know, Lori, on my Instagram page, Dear Joy Love, and then also published my first poetry collection last year. And now sort of for me, it's about how, how do I merge the professional community business person with this soulful spiritual person. And I think that's the space that I'm in at this moment as we begin this podcast. You know, what's interesting to me, Sarah, is that knowing you over the years, I think they always have been very visible Mm. and evident. Like to me, they always have been the, the merging of the two. They've always been there. And maybe you're just realizing it because it always really came through in who you were when you spoke, whether it was publicly or, or just, you know, as a friend. And it's, it's very interesting that it, sometimes it takes us time to see ourselves where other people see us. That feels so humbling and powerful to me. Thank you. That's not, it's often been said to me in a variety of different ways that I viewed myself differently than than other people viewed me. And I'm sure to your point, that's true of all of us, but it's nice to hear that, you know, this, these parts of myself haven't been entirely hidden because then it's not as significant to be like, Whoa, here I am. But thank you for that. You know, because I do, you know, certain aspects, you know, I always tried to be 
real and to express what was true in my life. So that absolutely. And I think this is just, you know, receiving poems and words in the middle of the night is just a new, (laughs) a new version of this for me. But thank you for those words. They mean a ton to me. And I would love for everyone to hear about you because not only are you just an amazing human being, but you've also been an important part of, I think, me getting to this space because of your acceptance and encouragement. So I thank you for that. And yeah, please let us know all of the amazing things about you. Well, my name is Lori Tarrant, and I grew up in a little town about 40 minutes north of New York City. And it really was like Vermont is today when I grew up. I mean, you know, I had a really amazing family and community, so that was really, really lovely. And after high school, I came up to University of Vermont and did my undergrad work there. And then I got my master's in counseling. I've always kind of been a people person and enjoyed, you know, talking about people's joys and struggles and that one-on-one conversation. I, after that, I worked, went back to New York and I worked as a school counselor in Chappaqua, New York, where I really kind of grew as a counselor, I think, at the beginning. I, I worked in the middle school with middle school kids and I also taught and worked as part of the administrative team. And I really loved working in schools. And after that, I got married and my husband convinced me, he played professional hockey. And so he's like, come on, just go to Europe with me. I one last hurrah on me, just, you know, leave your job here. We'll start again when we, when we get back. And so we did that and we moved to Italy for a year. We lived in Cavalese up in the Dolmites and it was, it was really wonderful. It was a really wonderful year. And it was there. I had also been a group fitness instructor after UVM. I really missed, you know, playing like division one volleyball and on teams. I was a real kind of an athlete my whole life. And so the group fitness instructing really gave me that piece back, you know, of the community and being on a team a little bit in the leadership piece. And so when I was in Italy, I met this man from Brazil and he had his own fitness business. And so while my husband was playing professional hockey, I took over his business because he had to go home for an emergency in Brazil. That's so cool. It was cool. Oh my gosh. Ta- right? I didn't know this about you. Yeah. So, and I had learned to speak German because I went abroad in college and I went to Middlebury College, their language program the summer before I went. And there was a lot of, they either spoke Italian up there in the mountains or German. So at first I got by with German, then I learned Italian. So I was teaching you know, the group fitness in Italian really got immersed in the community. So that was... I love Italy. Yeah. What a beautiful experience for you. It was. It was was a beautiful time. Then we came back. We moved to Vermont, and I worked as a school counselor again here, which I loved what was really difficult when I was younger, you know. What made it... I I kind of am curious Mm -hmm. what you, you loved it, and I'd love to hear the aspects that you loved and what made it hard. I loved the connection. Working with kids, I felt, was really sometimes challenging because they had to go home to their parents. Yeah. And so they didn't really have the autonomy sometimes to help themselves in ways that I wish they could. Mm, yeah. So that was was really frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I loved working with them and seeing them grow for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's such an important role. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so then my husband and I ended up having four kids in 
probably nine years, I guess. <laughs> and I, I did stay home with them, but I always was involved in a lot of different boards around the community. I was on the school, their school board for 10 years and worked in the advancement in the school. And I taught in their classrooms and, you know, environmental learning for the future, which I loved in high school. I, you know, coached their dance performances. You know, I watching from afar because you and I met in the school community. It was always so striking to me how involved you were. And that involvement came from a true dedication to the space. Like you really dedicated a ton of yourself. So I just. Yeah. Well, I love, I love, you know, school environments. And I really felt like that particular school community really made our, our larger community a better place. Yeah. It was very important to me. Mm-hmm. And and then I also, you know, I served on the State Judicial Conduct Board as a layperson, which was amazing, and a couple of medical boards as well, which was also really great work. But after a while, I kind of, you know, my kids ended up leaving home and going to school. And, you know, empty nest was upon me. And I thought, I, I wanted something more something different, more authentic, you know, not, not that what I was doing wasn't authentic. Yeah. You know, I volunteer at the girls and boys club and I love that, but I really wanted to get my hands wet in a different way. And I wasn't sure what it was. Yes. I wasn't sure what it was. Well, it's hard. You know, I think that, you know, when you talk about that space in your life and sort of rediscovering in a way who you are, what you want to do, I feel like that's kind of where I am. Right. Yeah. And, and it's I, such an opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was hearing that, and what, when you were speaking, yeah. I was like, "Well, here's this connection that brought us together." Totally. So, would you be willing to share sort of those steps that brought us together? We did. We knew each other within our school community, mm-hmm. not terribly well, but sort of what what brought us to this table that yes. now we're recording a podcast together. Uh, yes. Okay. This is a, this is this is a big story in my life. It was a kind of a turning point, and. So it was May about a year and a half ago, and within three weekends, my husband and I, we went to my oldest daughter got engaged, which my future son-in-law invited us to New York City to witness. So that was one weekend. The second weekend, my third daughter graduated from college in Rhode Island, and so we all gathered there and drove back and forth to Massachusetts to get my son to bring him there, back and back to Vermont. The next weekend, my son graduated his postgraduate year in Massachusetts. And the next, we packed him up the next day, we had to go to upstate New York to Colgate University because my daughter had her, my second daughter had her post COVID graduation. This is a lot. So a lot of celebration. It was a a lot lot of celebration, but I I just, it was, I have to preface what I'm going to say with, I think it had something to do with it a little bit. It was a lot of wonderful emotion, but wow. Like it was Mm -hmm. a culmination of a stage of life. And I came home and over the the past year previous to to this one, I really got into pickleball. And I don't know if any of you listeners out there have played pickleball. It's fun. It's really fun. And it's, it's community and it, it allows, I think some of us that have had athletics in our life really come back to being an athlete again and like the competitive nature and the fun nature and just getting to know people that you really wouldn't have known if you didn't play. So I got home from this weekend. I said to my husband, I'm, I'm going to drive to this new place and play pickleball. You know, they have an open play there and I'm going to drive. And so I drove out to Williston, 
And the next thing I remember, I woke up in the hospital. Oh, and I can barely remember it. What happened was I had a seizure right on the court, and I don't recollect a thing about it. I have a slight remembrance of being in the ambulance, talking to my husband, saying, I don't know what happened. And that is it. Okay. So my husband got there and apparently this transient global amnesia, I didn't remember that my daughter had gotten engaged or any of the three graduations. Lori. Take a minute. Well, how scary. It was really scary. And I kept, it was probably more scary at that moment for my family because I kept asking the same questions over and over. It was almost like reverse Alzheimer's. And since my mother had Alzheimer's, it was very scary. But over the next month, you know, everything started to come back to me. I didn't even remember. I, my kids took a picture of where I parked my car because my car was at this pickleball court. And I had no recollection of it, no recollection of parking it there. It was really, really scary. But within a week, you know, I am a fighter. And I said to us, I'm going to play because I'm going to get back on that court and I'm going to do it. What a lesson. I'm now cheering. What a lesson. So I, I did. And I went back onto this pickleball court. I remember I was playing with this guy, Mark, if he happens to ever be hearing this. And I said, so something happened to me. Are you sure you want to play with me? And he said, I know what happened. And it was a great human connection yeah. right there. And we played. He was really patient with me. And so over the next, you know, that was June, the beginning of June. So over that whole summer, it was a really hot summer. And every time I played, you know, sometimes I would, it would be really, you know, when you're playing in the heat, you can get like a dizzy for a Absolutely. second. Well, every time I felt like that, I had tremendous anxiety. And there were a, maybe 10 times where I had to step off the court, call my husband. I don't know if it's happening again. He's like, just sit down, have some water, have a bar. And every time I like forced myself to get back on the court. Wow. Have you was, always had that? Had what? That perseverance, resilience inside of you? I, it was just, it was, it was more like facing this vulnerability that I uh, knew if I didn't face my fear that it, until I did it, yeah, it, it would have killed me. Uh, yeah, it would, yeah. it would have, it would swallowed have you. swallowed me whole. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that whole summer I did that, but you know, I, it was hard to go out in the community and go back just anywhere I went. People were talking to me about it. They would tell me some awful thing that happened when they either witnessed it or heard about it. That I didn't know. And new things were coming out. It was like, I don't want to repeat it on the air, but it, you know, and to, to picture yourself doing these things and shaking and with no recollection, with no recollection and having to hear about it over and over. So complete loss of control. Yes. Yeah. It's like giving up control yeah. Yeah. of what you know and totally. who you are in a way. And so it, my daughter, Claudia said to me, mom, you wrote, you wrote this little vignette about your experience. Why don't you just put it out there on social media and maybe everyone will leave you alone. And so I did that. And you read it. Oh, I felt it. Yeah. I, I really, it was so poignant, beautiful, profound. I felt it. I, I, had no, I had no choice but to reach out to just express my 
sadness that you'd gone through it, but even more my complete and utter just respect for your having shared it. Well, so I received this voice message from you, Sarah, and and I, you know, people were great. People came to visit me. I don't really remember, <laughs> but I do remember your voice text. And I remember feeling really compelled, like I really wanted to see you. And we hadn't spoken in like four years, yeah. but you'd always been someone that I greatly respected. And I felt this connection with, even though we weren't, you know, we didn't Same. see each other on a regular basis. Yeah. And so we had coffee. I did. And that was where we, you know, I told you about my experience and I think we were being pretty vulnerable with each other. And that's when you told me about what you just shared with the listeners about Dear Joy Love and the poetry that you've been waking up to each morning and how you had an Instagram. Wow. Yes. And, and you were just so, uh, beautifully accepting and not only accepting, like, it's interesting. I feel like there was always sort of an understanding and mutual respect. Um, But at that moment and at that coffee, I think we understood each other on a deeper level than even we understood. I agree. And I wonder if that in part is just being completely open in all, in sort of exposing all of yourself in your greatest authenticity and having trust that someone else is going to love and accept you anyway. Right. And, and the power of those spaces and of that space was beautiful. It was something. Mm -hmm. And I remember going home after our first meeting and, you know, I was living my life again, this anxiety on the pickleball court, it would come and go, but I, you know, I was living my life doing the things that I usually do. And, um, but you know, sometimes, you know, just with all humanity, you know, you can have a rough day on those particular, or just, you know, like something would be on my mind And on those days, I would open up my phone in the morning, which I don't like to do. And I would go to dear joy, love, and I would read whatever your writing was. And 90% 90% of the time I would get chills mm. like up and down my arms because it, I felt like it was speaking directly to me. And it was almost like therapy for me, honestly, because it just pointed me in a direction for the day. And it was so helpful. And it, this went on for maybe six months or something. And I might've sent you a couple of messages, you know, on Instagram, private messages saying, hey, thanks. I felt really touched by this. But then after a while I thought, I need to really reach out. I, I want to see yeah. Sarah again. Well, and I probably felt the same way. No, I felt the same way on my side because your validation of these things that I'm receiving that I don't quite understand was so meaningful in my continuing to put them out there. So it's sort of, it was very symbiotic. Yes. And so it's kind of no surprise, I guess, that was it our third coffee, maybe where we, so, so I think it might, it was second or third. And you were telling me about how you had just spoken at your daughter's wedding and how it felt for you. And I, as you're telling me that story, have one of those sort of thoughts pop into my head and I hear you and Lori should have a podcast. And I'm like, I am not saying that to Lori right now. She's going to think that I've totally lost it. And in the next breath, you tell me I should have a podcast. Yep. 
And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, we should. Yeah. And then I said to you, I said, Sarah, you should do a podcast. I really don't have much to offer, (laughs) is what I I said. And I went home that night and I went to sleep and I was thinking to myself, what, what do I really want to happen in the near future? What do I want my life to look like? I just went to bed manifesting that because you had suggested it. And I woke up in the morning and I had that podcast, reels of it, 40 different topics going through my mind. And my husband was like talking to me. I said, hey, I got I just need some space for a second. I got to go write something down. He's like, what are you writing down? I, I didn't even want to tell him. <laughs> so I went down, I wrote down all the topics that, that I thought we should do a podcast on. <gasps> and I got out my guts and I texted you and I said, hey, Sarah. I don't know if you were serious about the podcast thing, but this is what happened to me. And I explained it to you. And I'm so glad you did because, uh, because clearly there was something to me, there was something even greater than ourselves pulling us together to do this. And I'm so glad that you did. And I'm so glad that you had all of those topics, not only because they've provided a year or two of (laughs) podcasts for us, which is great. But beyond that, it just really enabled us to trust in this, even though it felt wildly outside of our comfort zone. So here we are. So I'm so glad about that. And, you know, talking about our podcast, I think one of the reasons that I'm so excited about doing this with you is sort of what those coffee meetups felt like for me. I mean, we... We talked about every subject under the sun and in really deep- In an uncensored way. In an uncensored and deep way. With different opinions about Right. And in this world right now, it might seem like that's an interesting decision to jump in and have a podcast in a world that feels like it is divisive and polarized. There's a lot of vitriol. But I think that that is why this podcast sort of makes sense to me, because you and I speak from really genuine, unauthentic places. We aren't trying to prove ourselves to each other, and I don't think we're trying to prove ourselves to anyone listening. And we truly are just trying to explore the concept of being human and living in this beautifully complex world. And that's what our coffee meetups were. And so now we are sharing them with everyone. And as I sort of look at my half century on this world, I've been through a lot in my life, as we all have. And for me, if I can share parts of that and those parts can be useful to anyone else, it makes those experiences even more fruitful. In addition, as I think about all of this messaging, poetry, guidance that I've been given, I've held that, although I've posted daily on Dear Joy Love, I've held most of that pretty close to the vest. Mm-hmm. And it is a definite leap of courage for me to expose all of this, but I know it's not solely meant for me. It's meant for all of us. It absolutely is. There's no doubt about that in my mind. So There's no doubt. 
That, I just know that. Oh. I, I intuitively know that from my experience. Thank you. And so that's why this podcast for me is, it's huge mm-hmm. and it's exciting. And I know you have some really special hopes and thoughts about why it's important for you. Yeah. So, you know, my hope for our podcast is that it makes people realize that we are not ever alone, that our daily struggles are real and they're shared by all of us, even when they go unspoken, which happens so much of the time. We're walking around with these burdens and we think nobody else in the world has them. And I think especially our Gen Z generation, they think they're the only ones that have anxiety. They're the only ones that that feel this way because people are walking around and we have social media showing this whole different version of ourselves. Yeah. You can have the, mo- the worst day and then on social media, it looks, there's the blue sky, Perfection. right? Yeah. Right, perfection. And so my wish is that this is a place where we can share and speak about our everyday struggles. And through our dialogue, perhaps we can find a way to alleviate some of these without any judgment. Mm. We're all connected in so many more ways than we understand or even realize or know. And some of us are more evolved than others. Take, for example, you, Sarah. <laughs> I don't. My husband might disagree. <laughs> oh, boy. I know that, you know, some of us have been around the block more mm. than others. And, and that's fine. But I think we really can learn a ton from each other. And, you know, your sharing with me has helped me to grow immensely this year and get through a huge struggle in my life. And my hope is that when people are listening to this podcast, that we can all realize we have great shared humanity. And with this realization, greatness can abound in each and every one of us. I have chills up and down my body, <laughs> which is going to happen often. Yeah. But I do. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And really, is there anything more important than that at the end of the day? I mean, really? No. I mean, on our deathbeds, or yeah. anyone's deathbed, does anyone say, I wish I accomplished this or I made more money or what? No, it's all about relationships. Yes. yes. And I think the sooner we realize that we can live more fulfilling lives. And I think just, you know, I, I know we're going to talk a lot in our podcast about vulnerability and authenticity, yeah. but I really feel like without authenticity, like what are we, what are we left with besides, you know, an unfulfilled self and anxiety. And it's, you know, I think, that's a definition of intimacy when people can just be their true selves with one another. And that's how we learn and grow. And if we're not doing that, it just, we're just going about our day in a falsified way. Totally. It's all performative. And, and you can, we can feel that from each other and it multiplies, it amplifies, you know, I I think in the same way that vulnerability and authenticity can amplify, so Mm -hmm. too can those sort of fictitious performative, I'm trying to be something I'm not. And this is from someone who, like, I, I was like the definition of imposter syndrome for the majority of my life. Um, It's crazy. (laughs) But, you know, and, and I, someone said something to me last year about imposter syndrome that I'll never forget. I can't remember if I've shared this with you, but he said to me, he's a fellow CEO on a, on a board. And he said, well, with imposter syndrome, I don't get it. So you're trying to say that I'm an idiot. I was like, no, (laughs) 
I'm like, I'm saying that I'm the idiot, that I'm pretending, and you guys all think that I'm, you know, X, Y, and Z, but I'm really not. And he's like, no, no, you are saying I'm, I'm an idiot. You're saying that I'm not equipped to tell who you really are. Wow. And it turned it on its head for me. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I really think that people That's aren't powerful. smart enough to see. And it goes back to what you said in the very beginning, because you're like, no, no, we always saw you. Yeah. Because I think we really do see and feel each other. And so we might feel like we are pretending or we might feel like we're, you know, portraying this perfect version of ourselves. But at the end of the day, we're really not. I mean, we can all feel each other. We're, we're humans. But I love that our connection was so grounded in this beautiful vulnerability and authenticity. And then, you know, you do that, you might find yourself having a podcast because here we sit. That's right. So we have a lot of topics given your stream of consciousness in the middle of the night or in the, when you woke <laughs> up. And so maybe we can share a couple of those with everyone? Absolutely. The two up front would be anxiety yeah. in our culture yeah. and in our society and in our families and how prevalent and rampant it's, it's running. Yeah. And I don't think people talk about it enough. And I'd love to connect our younger generation, our 20 to 30 somethings, and really talk to them about it from our experience with our own anxieties at that age, it's a difficult age. So that's something that's important to me, vulnerability and fear and facing those two things. And we're faced with, you know, a cancer diagnosis, you know, I have a couple of friends and loved ones that have, you know, really, you know, cancer survivors that really it's difficult to face what happened and you have to put on this tough face and go through it. And then, well, then you have to, deal with what's left over emotionally. And I think that's important to face that so you can move forward in life and live a fulfilling life. You know, on that same, we don't have this listed, but caregiving. Yes. You know, what does it mean to be sort of a friend or family on the semi sidelines as someone's going through that? Because, you know, you and I have both experienced that and that's pretty powerful too. We want to talk about relationships, Mm -hmm. marriage, friendships, judgment of one another right? Ageism and what it does to ourself and society and what, what our culture tells us, you know, that it's, it's not okay to age yeah. and what's that, what that's doing to all of us. Absolutely. And how we all handle that in different ways, but it's a struggle. Yes. Stay at home parents mm-hmm. versus parents at work yes. and the judgment around that, which is yes crazy. I'm looking forward to that conversation. I am too. I really am too. And no, uh, I have, I have loving ourselves you know, what does that mean? Sort of self-worth, confidence. I, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now, you know, and so how do we sort of share those perspectives? Mm-hmm. Grieving, Grieving, you know, you, you and I have both experienced loss. How do you, how do you grieve in that, in the moment when you need to, so that you're not sort of putting it off in a space where it comes back? Yeah. You have to grieve well. Yeah, you really do. Or it will happen. You'll have to just do it in ten years. Absolutely, because it's it's there. Yeah. I I don't think we have this listed, but sort of that kind of emotion, how it plays a role in our physical bodies, would be an interesting thing to talk about. We have. I'd love to chat about intuition versus thinking, mm-hmm. because I think all of us are intuitive. 
So how do you know the difference between what you're thinking and what's coming through as an intuitive thought? Mm-hmm. Ghost stories. Yes. We have lots of ghost we stories. We have lots of ghost stories. And signs, signs oh, from the other oh, side. Yeah, signs I can't wait for that one. I know. I can't wait for that one. So what I what I love is that, and it just speaks to our relationship, is that this podcast is going to be things that we all experience in everyday life. We're going to share our experiences, but also maybe there will be a little spin on it that's a little bit different than what people have already heard. So I'm really excited about that. I'm so excited to get started. And there's no one I'd rather share this with either. Oh, me neither. So I think this might be it for our first episode. I think so. I thank all of you so much for taking the time to listen to us, Lori. Thank you as always for being you, for sharing all that you do. I have said this before, you're a force to me. And I am so excited that this podcast gets to benefit from the person that you are. Oh, so right back at you, Sarah. Thank I feel you. feel the exact same things. So our plan is to record every other week or so. And so if you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. Please share with other people. And most of all, we're just so grateful to all of you for being here. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.